haven't talked enough about how much that intro fucks. Dude, you know what I'm talking about? It's so good. The music is amazing. Dude, Carter Harrell doing the music. Cameron Kennedy doing the motion graphics. Damn, what a team. What a dream team. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We got a Makuga (laughs) down. Oh, no. Josh? Welcome back to Kind of Funnies, The Karate Kid in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in The Karate Kid franchise the canon one at least that involves mr miyagi uh we're also doing cobra kai seasons one two and three when they eventually do come out very exciting stuff uh you can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com or search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny reviews and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com Slash kind of funny, just like none of one, no one did, no one did, no one was a Patreon producer, and I don't appreciate that. That's but nice. you know what? Let's it's make okay. some up. We'll make some up. Yeah. Hi, Go thanks, for Billy, Mag- Billy Magooch from Saskatchewan, Minnesota. Johnny Baganucci, <laughs> also Billy McGrath, and and Bill McGrath. Yeah, I just want you guys Bill, to know, lead singer of Sugar Red, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we, Mark, Mark, Mark McGrath. We have done. We have done, uh, I think, like a hundred episodes of in review, which is crazy. I've I've hosted hundreds of episodes of Games Cast. Like I've hosted a lot. You're doing a great job, Tim. Round of applause for Tim. No, everybody, do it up. Tim's doing great. I'm not like I I messed up so many things there. I flubbed so many words and so many lines. But I just I went into this like empty vortex in my mind where there was chaos happening on the screen. Makuga got bumped. I just kept talking. And I was realizing that my my document was the wrong one in front of me. So I just kind of just went off book. And I think I did an okay job. But anyways, it's just it's crazy muscle memory, you know? Like yeah. you just you just say shit. And I'm just like, I could just start a show and just do the rigmarole. And the, 90% of it's gonna be right. Dude, Some of it's gonna do, be wrong. Who cares? Yeah, you, you could do an episode of PS I Love You right now without even fucking thinking about it. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I thought Tim, I, I you were gonna say, turns out we have at least eight Patreon producers. I thought mm-hmm. you, Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I thought that's what he was gonna say too, Andy. It turns out we still have zero. Zero. Yeah, zero. Okay. With us. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, this is Karate Kid in Review. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coella. Hey, guys. We have. <laughs> God, the, it's the pause, It's Kevin. like he doesn't Stop know it's going to happen, but it happens every <laughs> single time. We go to Kevin first every single time. It's comedy, guys. Sometimes you have to do the it's like finding out. It's like finding out that the ice cream you're eating is sugar-free. You're just like, this is so disappointing every single time. <laughs> Good lord. We have the producer slash seducer named Scarpino. I want you guys to know that I came in costume. <laughs> and then I, when I logged into Discord, I saw that none of you are in costume. And instead of turning my camera on, Andy, I just kept it there, left, changed, and I wasn't going to say anything. But then Tim put his headband on, and I'm like, damn it, I should have been in costume. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I looked at it, I'm like, any excuse to wear these gloves and this headband, I might as well. You know, he the jacket's a lot. The jacket's hot. And of course, no Johnny Lawrence in this one. So you got to, I got to show. There is. Stuff. No, there is. There is Johnny Lawrence. Oh, I guess you're one. right. You are right. You are right. There's and a, it wasn't just a cameo. Good. Like poor Elizabeth Shue got that weird like credit for just because they just used her old footage. They reshot. They, they shot that, that oh. intro. Oh, yeah. We'll get, yeah. we'll get into that stuff. We also have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> this movie, man. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Oh, no. Andy, Andy, he's got Andy. us. He's got us. He's got us by the freaking balls, man. And of course, <laughs> have the man that broke a stick in the woods with a karate chop when he was nine, Josh Makuga. Guys, this is, I mean, we're in Japan. 
<laughs> we are, Josh. All right, let's get right into this. The Karate Kid Part 2, released on June 20th, 1986, directed once again by John Alvinson. Uh, budget of $13 million, box office of $115 million, making it among the highest grossing films of 1986 and the highest grossing in the franchise up until the 2010 reboot. A runtime of an hour and 53 minutes. And in terms of awards, this was nominated for an Oscar. Peter Sitar's Glory of Love was originally oh written God. for Rocky IV, but rejected after it was included in The Karate Kid Part Two. Instead, it earned an Oscar nomination. Josh, before the show started, it was just me, you, and Kev hanging out here, and you would not stop singing this song. Guys, all right. there are love songs. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then there's Peter's there's Glory of Love. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This, was a, this, this was a pitch to my wife for her walk down the aisle song, which she promptly said no to. <laughs> okay. There isn't there isn't a bone in a in a in a man's body who has seen this movie and then hears this song and doesn't think about the glory of love. Yeah. I mean it is. It is an, if you think that the best around is a good song from the first movie, you'd be Crazy right. <laughs> then you get the glory of love in the second movie, and you think, who is writing these songs? Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. I, I love it because so much of my my life, I want to say adult life, just at this point, my life, uh, is Nick making references to things I don't understand. And then at some <laughs> point in my future, mm-hmm. Seeing something and being like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now. I like the mask theme song was one of those things. Mm. A great um, anything about uh, Highlander. Yeah, <laughs> in general. Tim, <laughs> Tim, but we will never fully understand Small Wonder. We will never uh, understand. Thank Andy, God. We're why better. Does Small Wonder keep coming up in our lives. It's everywhere. about a robot. It is that what is that a robot? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Robot child. I'm so fucking sick of Small this Wonder show. even goes <laughs> over my head. And I like oh. to think that, like, if there's somebody that can reference just as much, if not more, than Nick Scarpino from days gone by, it's me. But even Small Wonder and me are like... Makuga. Small Wonder it gets brought up at least six mm-hmm. times annually by Greg and Nick. Mm-hmm. And every time I forget about it, it gets brought up again. And I still know <laughs> nothing about it. All I know is that the girl is like a robot or an alien. I don't know what she is, but she's living among human robot. beings. She's a robot. Okay, mm-hmm. that just sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no, but, Andy, you. Why does she wear a wig? Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong button. Hold on. <laughs> but it's... Nick, Nick is uh, has taught me a lot, and this song is definitely one of those things because I have heard you sing bits of this mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. kind of funny content since the beginning. Can you please hit me off with some of that? Like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. Andy, how many times have you heard that? So many fucking times. <laughs> like, and how You're... surprised were you to hear it in this movie? <laughs> it, it, it was really bizarre because that's happened to me quite a few times with just pop culture in general, right? Like I, especially with songs nowadays, I, I don't know what's the top songs anymore, but I'll hear people sing them. And then when I finally hear it played at a bar or something, I'll go, oh, that's the song so-and-so is always fucking singing. This was one of those eye-opening moments where I said, oh my God, this is the thing that Nick has sung, you know, at least over 80 times in the yeah. studio. 
you guys, okay, but the it. thing is, the thing you have to remember is this, like these things stick with me and Tim is hundred percent right. Most of the references I make are obscure and stupid and have no basis in any sort of emotional reality. But this song, my, and I say this 10% jokingly, Kevin, 90% seriously, might be the greatest power ballad ever fucking made. And I don't there, think it, it might be. I mean, I was being, I was leaving room for <laughs> Brian Adams and everything I do, I do it for God. you, which is also yeah. great. And but it, this song is I just, I, I, I just love how Makuga like, just amps up Nick and like, it tells Nick, you can be all that you want to be. Yeah, you can just say it. You can go and like, so, like, Nick is always kind of treading the edge, and Maku goes, no, it is. And Nick goes, you know what? You're right. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> nice. okay. It's, Let me so tell you a personal thing. story about Real this talk? song. Go ahead. Okay. I have one afterward as well. Okay. So at Penn State, um, when you take Theater 101, you have your first assignment is you have to get lyrics to a song and you have to just say them like you're talking to somebody in normal conversation, okay? Now, I, of course, chose Peter Cetera's Glory of Love. And of I chose the first 10 lines of the song mm -hmm. to talk to a girl, okay? And I will tell you what, that girl was the teacher. And, and let me tell you something, four months later, I was naked in that teacher's car, okay? That's she was 31 years old. The and, thing ever. and it was one of the greatest conquests in the history of Josh McCuga's college professional awesome. life. She That's awesome. She doesn't awesome at all. <laughs> Let me just let me just read you read you the first Please five. read me the first stanza. Okay, here you go. The Tonight it's very he, clear. He had to use stanza. He had to. We're both lying here. We're both lying here. There's, There's so many things. So many things. I, I want to say. say. Okay. Uh, what is it? Josh? I will what? always love you. I will always fucking love you. I, I would never, never leave you, you alone. alone. Why, why are they both saying it you know it's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't need to have both of them it does it it really does it it's and, so good and then he doubles down are you guys ready for the second yeah, part give me the second me give me the second verse sometimes i just forget say things i might regret i'm an asshole i'm a guy it breaks my heart to see you crying i don't want to lose you i could never make it alone mm -hmm. ah! <laughs> guys this is genius genius songwriting i mean it's bonkers how good Literally, this song is. you guys have no idea so driving around all weekend with my wife and by the way d has said multiple times she cannot listen to the glory of love because if she does it makes her feel like like the feel of the feels, you know what I mean? Where she's yeah. like, I can't listen to it because she'll start tearing up and I start tearing up. And then I literally flash forward to this weekend, played it three times in the car, saying all three times, we both cried. Both times. <laughs> I mean, all three times. It was amazing. Karate kid, man. What is wrong baby, with you people? Welcome to the universe, baby. This is karate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go around. I want to start with you, Andy Cortez. You've never seen the Karate Kid Part 2. You don't Correct. know where this franchise is going. Last week, you were indoctrinated into this karate world, and you were flabbergasted by how in you were. What are your yeah. thoughts on the Karate Kid Part 2? Uh, I mean, it's it's rough for me because it's hard to follow up the first one. Great. And I feel like the first one was so good and so shockingly like really well made and heartfelt and i just wasn't expecting that every time i think 80s i think cheesy crap you know that's just oh, like whoa, where my whoa, mind goes my no, mind goes Josh, uh, no, no 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 no, 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 no hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on okay, okay. like 
to me, Fast and Furious is cheesy crap, and I love oh, it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Like, I, I don't think I, I, it's just like I thought Karate Kid was had so much more substance than I expected, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I and it just raised up those expectations, and I shouldn't have thought that because generally sequels aren't as good as the first one. And I found myself thinking that this movie is it always feels at odds with what it wants to accomplish. And you're I feel like you're rooting for a you think a fight's going to happen. But then there's another conflict somewhere else. And then there's a storm, a hurricane out of nowhere. And like it's just it's a story. That that was that was a, a real situation that happened. It was a typhoon. Typhoon, uh, it's typhoon Vera. Really? When it's on, the, 20th, on, the, on that side of the, the world, it's a typhoon, not hurricane. Oh, know typhoon. That? I didn't know yeah. that, Kev. I didn't know that. Science yeah. with Kev. Science. Science. Science with Kev. He already said the facts, so I guess we don't yeah. get it. <laughs> that was the outro. Good but but any, anyway, I, I thought like when this movie ended the way it did, I just wasn't feeling it at all. And the, the movie does silly ass shit to get to the next story beat and stuff that like is unbelievable and makes no sense. But then when you're in it, the back and forth between Miyagi and uh, LaRusso, I think are as good as they were in part one. Like they make me smile. They added a little bit more, like even a little bit, tiny bit more levity to a lot of uh, Miyagi's lines. And I thought they were funny. They made me giggle. And I was like, Oh, this is, I like this relationship, but to get to the next story beats, was always like the most unbelievable shit that like we got to figure out something yeah say that and we'll justify it by saying like oh he's getting his passport because he has a next day airplane ticket let's like we could justify by throwing that line in there and we could justify it but like no daniel larusso took savings out of his his savings out to buy the plane ticket when he said i got a next day plane ticket he's like well how can you get a next day passport because i got a next day plane he was joking about that oh i didn't know oh okay i I, I totally missed that yeah, he was being silly. You can get a next day passport if it's an emergency, but he was like, "Cause I have a next day plane ticket." Well, yeah, but I, I think like, oh. are, are, don't you have to prove that it's an emergency, and you can't prove that your dad's sick because you don't have. Guys, any this was the fucking karate emergency. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a karate emergency. Yeah, thank you, exactly, Tim. That's exactly true. But so much karate of the story is still like re- so your dad's dying. I just feel like so much more of the story is like <laughs> murder is about to happen. And Dude. like, and it feels Andy, so Japan, outlandish. Japan's it feels like man. a fucking. It feels like a fantasy world. Like it, it, I don't it know. Is, like I, it is one of those just, things when you. I just didn't you, like it anywhere as near as part one. When the movie ended, I was like, that was kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> like the the whole final fight, I thought was just dumb as shit. But I, I don't know. I just uh, I just Andy, didn't like it. I didn't like Andy, it at all. Andy, like Andy, as, compared Andy. to part one. But here's Makuga, the thing, Makuga, go off, King. What are, what are your thoughts on Karate Kid Part Two? Well, listen. I can see Kevin wanting to jump at the bit here, but Andy, let me let me I'm let me just put you in the place here, okay? Put me in a karate world, yeah. Can you read some more no. lyrics from Glory of Love, please, for Andy? I will. He's not in the right mindset. Please read stanza three. Okay, <laughs> stanza three is the chorus, which is, whew. okay. <laughs> so, Andy, yes, we did. We want more Cobra Kai in 100%. in Karate Kid Two. Is this is the the leap point of Karate Kid One to go to Japan? No. Yeah. Okay. Now, could have Fast and Furious gone straight to Tokyo Drift? Sure. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got a couple more movies before Tokyo Drift. Went to Florida okay? first. Instead, Karate Kid took the jump. Boy, they had a they had a year to write a beautiful script about revenge, love. I mean, the fact that Greg Miller isn't on this episode, they say the word coward about four hundred eighty five. Oh my times. god, but, Jesus! But. <laughs> 
What you don't realize about the Japanese culture, Andy, is that you hold that grudge forever, okay? And if Miyagi comes back into town, you better be ready to fight, Miyagi, okay? It happened when he was 18, but let me tell you, there's some things that happened when I was 18 I'm still pissed about, okay? Doesn't mean I'm going to fight somebody and murder them, but let's also <laughs> talk about the fact that the Miyagi Dojo is still there. 1600s they came over from China. He was drunk on a boat, whatever, yada, yada, yada. That means that the karate is still alive. So in order for Danielson to make that next leap in love and karate, we got to go to Japan. And that so much. Ends right <laughs> Wait. That end fight scene, Andy, that end fight scene in front of the whole town, okay? How else are you going to build on the All Valley than all of Okinawa? All world, <laughs> all, all of world them, yeah, all of them, yeah. International, Wait, we're taking was it international. all of o Okinawa, or was it? Just I don't think all so. That, no, that, but for this city, no, I think it was just Tomi, a ton of village or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Or what was left of it? But there yeah. is that. But there is that moment where <laughs> the guy's like, "Remove the bridge, like move the bridge out of the way." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, and you're wow. like, but someone could just jump. Yeah, yeah. it's not like it's really or, shallow water. The, the but there was a moment. There's a moment that purely like kind of summed up my feelings of a lot of this movie and it's when daniel is on a date mm -hmm. and homeboy you know uh we'll call him uh japanese chosen. johnny lawrence his name's chosen 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 Andy, show some fucking respect do you know who that is he looks really familiar he's the dad from johnny tsunami yeah. yes. holy fuck oh my god yeah. you just blew my fucking brain yeah. no joke dude yeah dude. oh my god johnny tsunami's dad and then, and With, then, of course, scientists from Jurassic Park is in here as well. Yes. Also, don't, and, and let's not disrespect uh, the guy who played Theo in Die Hard. Is also thank you, huge oh, crossover. Theo anyway, anyway, he was a, a, a quick scene that a quick scene that just quickly um, um, sort of sums up my feelings about this about a lot of this movie is where Daniel Larusso is on a date, and then Chosen walks up to him to like fucking pick on him, and Daniel's like. I don't. I don't even fucking have a beef. What? Why are you fight, trying to fight me? And that's so much of my feeling of like, just everybody needs to chill the hell out in this movie, dude. Like, chosen. Why are you so like? You're such a fucking simp for this, for your uncle or whatever. Like, just chill out, bro. Like, chill out, chill out. Andy, I'm sorry we didn't all grow up in such chill environments as you. Okay, <laughs> but if you were brought up by Master Soto, Sato. Okay. To, to hate Miyagi and whoever Miyagi brings around, you're going to hold the grudge for your uncle and for the next generation of grudge. That's what karate. Kevin, you also have never seen this movie until now, correct? I Yeah, I guess not because I started watching this. And I was like, oh, this is going a different direction. <laughs> and by the end, I was like, a death match. All right. <laughs> awesome. I'm all in. Andy, I don't understand how you're not all in on the death match. And then they fucking... They trick you, you know, they, they grab what you're thinking. You're like, oh shit, Miyagi-san just gave the will and testament, the final will and testament to, to Daniel-san. And like, he gave him the house? That fucking hit, that hits me right here. Where it's like, oh, god damn it. He does see him as his kid, you know? This is it. His legacy moves on with him. And then see. there's a freak storm and... They're, like he saves him by chopping a wooden half. What? <laughs> oh my god, it's so Andy, perfect. You're dead inside. Kevin wait, is my new best friend. Wait, and then not only not only does he save him, relationship fixed, no problem. The coward 
guy that kept calling everyone cowards runs off into the distance, not only <laughs> to come back, but like to continue his death challenge. And yeah. then there's a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kevin needs and, to do the plot he, synopsis for this because he's on the right <laughs> level of hype. No, a, a real he talk. He swings I, in like it's it's a vacation zipline zip tour in Hawaii. And, and Danny figures it out right wearing, before. Where he's just like, wait a minute, wait when, a minute. When we when we first see the ziplining, my immediate thought was, oh, they must have like left this uh, this employee in the shot of like this guy filming. Like they must have left him because clearly he's not supposed to be. <laughs> This guy, like when I first saw him swinging in, I thought he was a a person on set working for the movie because it looks so bizarre to just have this like dude starting to swing down. And then it, and I was like, oh, no, they're really going to do this right here. But I guess okay. they have to because like how can the movie end any other way? Because there hasn't really been much karate at all. So it makes sense. But it's still like this movie kind of went too ridiculous where the first one was like just a tiny bit ridiculous but it was still like heartwarming and heartfelt and i think part two just kind of pushed it in ways that i wasn't really wanting it to go so i have grown up knowing karate kid was supposedly a good movie and the karate kid two and three were trash like that is just kind of like one of those things never saw them just like that's just the the general pop culture zeitgeist understanding of these movies so i went into it kind of like that motherfuckers are so wrong I agree with you, Andy. One is better. One is definitely a, a like good movie that holds up in terms of like telling a story or whatever. But in terms of expanding this universe and making it a franchise, I love the direction this movie went. And of course I do. No one would be surprised. When it starts off and it's just like we're literally at the beginning or at the end oh, of the first movie. So and things get ratcheted up so, so, so much between Miyagi and, and Kreese. I'm just like, what the fuck? And then it's like, okay, we're going to Japan. We're diving into Miyagi's backstory. It is as anime and convoluted as you'd want and expect it to be of brothers fighting for love and all this stuff. I'm like, let's fucking go. You're introduced to Chosen, who is just like Johnny Lawrence, but in Japan. Yeah. And he will kill you. It's not just strike first, strike hard. It is, it's death. We're, we're, we're going to fight to the death. How many I was people do you all think about killed? that shit. I, I don't know, but not enough. But as the movie goes on and they teach you these lessons, I do think that it does have heart that the first one does. I think the first one accomplishes it a little bit better. But I enjoyed the idea of balance and the idea of Yumiko being – or Kimiko uh, being – Her name uh, was Yumiko be, in another you, movie I saw on, on her IMDb profile. Oh, Okay. Uh, but uh, her being a dancer and this idea of dance and karate and how different are they and how related are they to love? Like, I love all that stuff. So when we get to the, the, the climax of this film and Chosen has ran off and she's doing the dance and it's like, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to end this movie with a dance. Karate isn't all that life's about. And it it would have be been a bold move that well. would have worked. And I enjoyed but I'm that. glad they did it. <laughs> I was kind of like, I was like, that is a ballsy take for this. And when that motherfucker comes in on a zip line, I lost my shit. I legitimately like stood up out of my seat like, holy shit, these motherfuckers are doing it. And then he tosses the bridge off the thing. And it's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. But they know. They yeah. must know how dumb it is. But then they fucking fight. And all the looks with Miyagi. I think that this is, it was such a ballsy take, like Makuga was saying, to have this movie be what it is. And not just end in another karate tournament. No, it ended in a fucking death fight. I, I think what this movie does best is it makes me feel like an adult when it's like, hey, we don't need to fight. And I'm sitting there being yeah. like, 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They don't. And they reward me with a fight. You know what I mean? Have to fight. I just think about a universe. I just think about a universe where, you know, LaRusso loses it and murders the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does yeah. that look like for the future? Instead of where they're like, nose, you're, wanted, like ah! you're wanted for murder now. Like, uh, like there are people looking for you, LaRusso. You killed that man. You fucking chopped his head in half in front of a lot of families. <laughs> And everybody's really scared of you. Uh, no, <laughs> like, I feel like the Japanese would be cool. They'd help hide the body. You think Japanese police would be like, you know what? It was honor, though, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone saw him try to kill his girl. Knock yeah. her out with a punch. He tried to. He, he Listen, he challenged him to the death match. Yeah. It wasn't like LaRusso voluntarily was like, I'm going to rip your heart out with my hand right, because right. you're here. He put yeah. a knife to his throat, okay? Chosen dressed as some Black Knight Ninja. Okay. Cool. That was a no, really cool no. outfit. So Looked like Scorpion. He was dressed as the as the Cobra Kai final form. It was the same Co- cut as their geese, oh. but it yes. was like and the same colors, by the way. It was still yellow yeah. and black, but it was the opposite. It was like mostly yellow with like hints of black. I thought it was a cool little project. Uh, yeah, Tim, I totally see where you I totally see where you're going when you mentioned that this franchise really reminds you of Fast and Furious. Because in part three, I'm ex- to karate chop a submarine like i honestly with nuclear warheads and the president of you know the leader of interpol is an international assassin actually and he's coming after miyagi and miyagi has to you know defend his like that's that's what i'm seeing now that's what i'm seeing this going as soon as as soon as i finished this movie i was like i don't I'm I'm gonna wait to watch the third one, but i need to read the sonat like the like you know the strap line (laughs) just to know what it's about and boy, am I pleased with that, like, the <laughs> two-sentence description Don't of what's happening. No, no, I'm not spoiling anything. Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this movie because I, I, I like – I love all the parts of this movie that aren't about the karate. And I'm kind of with Andy on this where, like, it amps up to such a ridiculous degree that you're like, this is not feudal Japan, right? This is Japan in 1980s where you can't just – But it's a small ex- village, Nick. It's a small yes. village. But it's also a small village behind a massive military base, which for some yeah. reason they make a big point in setting up in the first and like the second act. It was so act. that everyone and spoke then, English. Yeah. I, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But that was unnecessary because they were like, "This we don't." They go to the base like Tommy Village. We don't know where the hell that is. And then they're like, it was, and then the "It's right was like, there. It's, it's right there. It's just <laughs> behind the base. It's just right there." <laughs> but what what I'll say is, I love you know when I was a kid, I didn't like this movie because I was like, "No, I want him to go back to the tournament and like compete again." That was to me what Karate Kid was about. And I also found the movie a little at odds with itself, which I still do because I think a lot of the um, ridiculous action that they make Daniel Larusso go through. Um, doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily backed up in, in it's not it's not rooted in the reality of the first Karate Kid and I know that one was completely ridiculous too but in that world he was being bullied he didn't go to the cops because he was being bullied and he wanted to handle it himself because he knew that if he you know he didn't want he didn't want other people coming in to solve his problem but in this one people are legitimately threatening death. And they're they're breaking the law, and the 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 writer I think got a little lazy toward the end where they're like, well, we'll just explain everything away with honor and this and that. But I'm pretty sure if you grab a random person who has nothing to do with your feud and hold a knife to her throat, the entire village is not going to think you're honorable. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't I don't know this. I'm speculating. But I think even in Japan in the 80s, someone would have been like, that's not cool. That's dishonorable. And also, if you have an issue with someone destroying their house. Definitely dishonorable, by the way. It doesn't matter how much they've dishonored you. You can't go to their house and, like, rip up their shit. 
Um, so I always thought that was kind of weird. Tim Gaty's from kind of fun. Just a counterpoint to that. Uh, in the first movie, this very, very young high school boy ends up hanging out with a very, very old man. And then in this movie, the old man's like, I'm going to Japan. And then the young man's like, I'm going with you. <laughs> like cool. that's that's the reality that we're in here. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that immediately sets up sort they, of the, the world. Been... That imme- that immediately sort of sets up the ridiculous nature of this movie where they well, early on, well, early on, when they're trying to convince you that this stuff is sort of normal, they uh, the writers do this thing where they try to rationalize it so that the viewer goes, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Um, but then, like, that's quickly kind of thrown out. Um, well, it, it becomes and I, I, just, I gotta, I gotta accept that. Like, I'm, a, I'm assuming this is where the franchise yes. is going. But as long as, like, you know, again, I still love a lot of the dialogue in this movie. I still love, it's you know, dialogue. Miyagi and Daniel San just kind of like being cool and, and like well, just like adventuring me, together and Andy, to me, that's the heart of this yeah I, which I, is I, that say, I love i love watching daniel go out go to japan i like seeing him that fish out of water I, I, and they do i think a, a really good job of just being like hey you're seeing this cool amazing like unique country through his eyes and he gets shown around by uh mr miyagi gets shown by around by kumiko and like they go to that like the little downtown area which is super cool and i when i was a kid i just always thought that was so rad i'm like this is the thing that's more interesting to me but even young watching this, I'm like, this guy chosen just seems like he's just this weird comic book villain. Whereas Johnny had somewhat motivations. He was a dumb kid. He was an asshole teenager. He was, he, you know, his his mentor is a shithead and his girlfriend broke up with him. And so you're like, well, granted, he's an absurd 80s villain stereotype. But you kind of understand that chosen is just a dick for no reason. They're just like it's it's basically the difference between Rocky one and Rocky four. Or by the time we get to Rocky four, Arnold Twer- or uh, Sylvester Stone's oh, fucking saving the world with his boxing gloves. And in the first one, it was just this light, nice little story about a guy trying to prove he wasn't a bum. Yeah, but, but no, Nick, against a- the the world champion, and he was just some like loser boxer. Like, there's Let's slow right, down. Rocky you, Four is a great is, movie. No, no, Rocky Four is a great movie. But Thank you. what I'm They're saying is there's, there's a difference between Rocky One, where it's like an actual tale, where we're trying to tell like a, a human tale with a, with a character arc, and then you get to Rocky Four, and it's just like this is a comic book movie, and that's where we slightly dip into with karate kid too where you're like it's not believable that in in the in this world this guy has so much power over this village whereas someone in the military someone can't just watch the military base and go this guy's trying to kill everyone can you guys get the authorities someone radio <laughs> the fucking authorities and have him come arrest sato because he's clearly fucking threatening people's lives and, and he's like a mob boss um <clears throat> the um uh, I will say, like, you know, the most ridiculous things about part one were, uh, you know, obviously uh, Crease and and his behavior, right? That's the stuff that kind of stood out to me is like, this is where the movie becomes a movie for me. Um, and it kind of, that that's where the, the 80s cheesy villain comes out where Crease is literally threatening to put out a hit on, <laughs> on right. LaRusso and Miyagi and saying, like, if you don't show up, it's him and then you're next. You know, that shit was kind of ridiculous to me. But, like... You know that's whatever that you know it's an 80s villain that's how things go but the when i knew that this movie was kind of gonna be way more over the top is immediately chosen squeezing the shit out of his hand in a handshake and i'm yeah, like what the hell is this about and then but, it kind of and then chosen's character is that ridiculous the whole way through <laughs> like it really and it really is just that one character because like the the sato character like starts off as sort of like the, the the stereotypical 80s villain mob boss right but by the end they have that nice turnaround where he's like oh crap dude i've been holding this grudge for way too long and i need to let this go and i've dishonored you by doing that and i love that turn where he saves him and then he's like damn i dude, i 
totally saw this whole the whole thing wrong. I've been hurt this entire time. We, I love they were best friends. I love that Miyagi's dad, like he talked his dad into training Sato as well because they were like brothers. I think that whole thing's cool. And when that Me comes too. to fruition at the end, I'm like, this is really, really cool. It's just unfortunate they couldn't find a better way for Chosen not to be so one-dimensional. But he does at some point take his shirt off, Andy. <laughs> Were they born? Born in labs. Now it's time to rank those abs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. The podcast rank those abs. You have to imagine when they cast this gentleman to play this role that something accidentally tore his shirt off and the casting director was like, no matter what happens, Tim, we have to write a scene where someone throws a tomato at his shirt and he just takes it off for no reason and gives <laughs> yeah, it to her because totally. he's so That is such a good move. Like his shout to that guy. His pecs his, And yeah, here's the thing is like usually we, we talk about the unearned buffness of skinny people, okay? Yeah, yeah, Tom Holland, Makuga, when we did MCU interview, Tom yeah. Holland, obviously very fit guy, very athletic, very shredded. But Nick docked points because Nick said, well, Tom Holland's already skinny and it takes less effort to be buff when you're skinny or to look Not buff right. when you're skinny because you just kind of you got to work out a little bit and then your muscles start to pop through the hold no on, layers. Andy, I hate this. I just hate that we're in a world where you're saying this and all Makuga says is, He's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But here's the thing. Here, here's why I give Chosen so many points. Is those I, I've seen a lot of like shredded, ripped, skinny people with tiny pecs. This guy yeah. has fucking bulbous, uh, fucking little uh they were almost too much. They were almost yeah. too much. They're great. I love them. I, I mean, I love them. He, dude, dude is Brad Pitt and Fight Club ripped at this point. Yeah. Like it is, he is. He's all kinds of jacked up. I mean, yeah, skinny dudes have it way easier because, you know, Italian guys like Nick and myself, we were born beefy and we tried to slim down, but our bodies will never slim to the, no. the arena of a chosen or a Tom Holland, things of that nature. We're just, we're, we're just not built like that. Genetically, we are not built like that. We're built different. Yeah, we're built different. We are. But taking nothing away from the fact that chosen probably walked into the casting office with no shirt on and was just like, I'm chosen, cast me. <laughs> Yeah, because okay? yeah. the dude is jacked and you may call him one dimensional, but don't tell me that by the end of the movie, you're not tired of Chosen's antics because he's always pissed and you want Daniel son to kick his ass. I don't mind the one dimensional na nature of Chosen, especially when he swings into the thing. He's like, yeah, OK, was him trashing stuff dishonorable? All that kind of stuff is. Yes. But when the uncle who he's been all pissed off for the whole movie is like, you're dead to me. He's like, oh, well, then I'm going to kill somebody and really be dead to everybody. And boom, shakalaka, that's what happens. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. And then he's Johnny Tsunami's dad. Uh, before <laughs> we go on, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The holidays are here, and have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wish for gift of the year. Manscaped. That's a fact. They did the research. Uh, it's the best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Makuga, you love Manscaped, right? Oh, guys, come on. As hairy as I am, uh, it, it's it's really saved my life and marriage, to be honest with you. Yeah, there you go, man. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Right now, I don't see a hair in Makuga's nose holes. Uh -uh. No. 
Yeah, it's looking good. Looking good. Uh, let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver, Ball Toner, to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Uh, the Performance Package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer. It's hot off the shelves. You can get 20% off in free shipping at manscaped.com slash morning. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. You can get 20% off in free shipping at manscaped.com slash morning. There you go, guys. Manscaped.com slash morning. That one got me. Make yeah. our, what was it? Making our holes pretty? You know, what I, you know what I've noticed? on yeah. The Manscaped reads on uh, Dan Levitard's show, very G-rated because it's Disney. So yeah. I love that Manscaped knows, oh, these guys are filthy. Let's give them like a really like, you know, silly yeah, ad read. Yeah. And it's like, hell yeah, dude. They know. Hell, yeah, Tim dude. crushes. Yeah, and uh, you know, guys, I'm not going to do the ad read here, but you should go check out Kind of Funny Games Daily today, uh, where we were sponsored by the Trojan Tantric Pleasure Sleeve. Yep. Oh, hearing Blessing talk about masturbation was (laughs) choice. That sounds awesome. (laughs) So we're not Trojan got away from the condom business because nobody can really have sex anymore based solely on a pandemic, so they're just making jerk off sleeves. There you go. Nice. You understand? There's a there's a dude. That's awesome. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Anyways, mm. it's time for the plot. It is time for the plot. Tell us all about Miyagi and Danielson. Oh, that That's was really good. good. Guy's got a like voice a knight in shining armor from, from a, a long, long time ago. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the reality and the world of Karate Kid Part Two, the movie that brought us the greatest power ballad ever made. Oh. Hey. Kids, did you see Karate Kid Part 1? Well, guess what? You don't have to. We're going to start this movie off with a very long, very weirdly paced recap of the first movie. So weird. That that ends outside in a parking lot where Daniel's signing autographs while Kreese is straight up committing assault on Johnny for getting (laughs) second place. So what does Mr. Miyagi do? Now, this is is unfortunate that Tim stepped away because I want – Kevin, you'll appreciate this. Yeah, I'm ready. Kevin, how, how old were you when you saw Attack of the Clones? Uh, 12, I think. It came out well, in 2002, is right? We do you that. remember how how everyone went in there and they were like, "Man, I really hope I really like." From the first movie, I was like, "We got to get a fight between Yoda and Count Dooku," and they made us wait two movies for that. Well, guess what? Yeah. The producers and director of Karate Kid Part Two were like, "We're gonna give you the fight you want to fucking see right off the yeah. bat. It's Miyagi versus Kreese, and wow." Crease cannot punch for shit. He cannot aim his punches for shit. I love, I love that he was like, all right, he dodged, he punches through a window. He's going to dodge again. Is he get another window? He does. How many fucking yeah, car I, windows is he going to break? So many cars. <laughs> I Kevin, I was like... Know, and you know that like two families came out, they're like, that old Valley tournament was car oh, windows are down in our cars. Why are they bloody? Why are our windows bloody? Yeah, yeah, Josh, there's like a, yeah, that family's like, this man is punching every window. <laughs> he won't stop Why punching these windows. But what uh, before it was about to happen the second time, Kevin, I thought they're not gonna do this a second time. Uh, see, I I was the total opposite. I was like, how many are they gonna do? I was disappointed like it was just two. I was disappointed it was just two. Uh, At one of course, point, me. You, just, you just figure it's going to be a Family Guy sketch where Martin Cove just starts punching all the way. <laughs> yeah. Back. There's a movie called Django Unchained, right? And what, what do people remember the most from Django Unchained that Leonardo DiCaprio did? If you need oh, the he cut word. his hand. He cut his hand on the skull. And they just used that take. There was real blood. Guess what? motherfuckers according to martin cove the blood on his hands when he broke the windows was real and it was an accident on set the footage was left in the final cut 
Whoa. Get this man an Oscar. Get him Hell an Oscar. yeah, dude. Get him an Oscar. Bring him back for Cobra Kai. Uh, of course, Miyagi gets the better of Kreese. And uh, when he's about to go give him the death strike, instead of doing that, he honks his nose. And then they walk away. And then I'm pretty sure doing that. What a fucking just, embarrassing thing to do um, to this guy. You know what I mean? Like, sure is that this guy will hate you for fucking ever. But also, Kreese is supposed to be literally like he's got Vietnamese soldiers' heads in his freezer kind of a dude. He's beating mm. up teenagers. Strike first, no mercy. When Miyagi has the, the death chop ready to go, he, Martin Cove's acting, John Kreese's acting there is brutally bad because he's like... <gasps> You don't understand. Like, His hands were disabled. Like yeah, he, he couldn't fight anymore. Well, what it reminded me of is it really reminded me of Ric Flair backing away from an enemy in the ring and that's what it reminded me of. Of course, uh, of course, Daniel then asks him. He says, "You could have killed Chris just then, right?" And Miyagi's like, "Yep." And he goes, "Why didn't you kill him?" And he says, "Quote." A person with no forgiveness in his heart lives with an even worse punishment than death. What and also, the hell? But like, no, it's the- super illegal. It's super <laughs> illegal to murder someone. Yeah. In the also, also lots of witnesses. Life. Lots of witnesses. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting an echo, by the way, on my end. Yeah, it's sure Makuga's. It's coming from Makuga. Can you, uh, can you d- d- uh, decrease your volume? Or throw just a little bit. Just get a little bit. Just oh, wait. Bit. I didn't have headphones on. Yeah, put your headphones on, Big Doc. <laughs> he had them last okay. time. I did. Perfect. That's my bad. Uh, we're going to keep going on this. Of course, it's six months later, and Daniel comes back from the prom. And guess what? Allie has wrecked his car, but more importantly, she has wrecked his heart. She's going to go. Uh, Sick tux, by the way. Sick tux. Oh, it was great. It's yeah, the it's Dumb and Dumber tux, or at least half of it. Um, he's distraught on that, and but uh, he's not not nearly as distraught as the fact that he has to go live in Fresno for two months during the summer break. Yeah. And I'm like, he doesn't seem too worried about Ali or the fact that he's just destroyed this vintage car. But Fresno is the straw that broke the camel's back, Tim. Have you ever been, been to Fresno? Fresno, oh, Fresno sucks. Fresno. No, yeah. thank you. I get it. As soon as he said yeah. that, I was like, oh, geez, that is the oh, worst I thing understand. to happen to you. This is a bad month. This is a bad month. No, so Ali, love your Fresno. Allie Mills was written out of the sequel due to future Oscar nominee Elizabeth Shue's plans to head to Harvard. What's lesser known is that the producers originally planned to shoot a scene, a short scene where Allie breaks up with Daniel, but they later decided to just do it with dialogue, get him to Japan. Uh, turns out, let's see. Oh, that's right. Uh, so Miyagi, of course, uh, decides to teach him a lesson um, by bringing him outside to teach him how to focus and hammer nails. And I like this because it plays into the end. He's like, you got to breathe, focus. And he's like, I'm too, he's like, oh, Mr. Miyagi, I'm too distraught to breathe and hit nails into some wood. You have to teach me. And he goes, okay, we'll just breathe. Why did he second. just he turn like, into, wow, what's his wow, face? it's better. Walking. Mr. Miyagi, I can do it now. <laughs> At Arnold, like, hey guys, like, I, I like, there's, there's three different celebrities you're doing, and not one of them is that. No, yeah, no, right. <laughs> no, one of them is I, that. I, I it really this. does remind me of your of the South Park John Travolta uh, episode, the Scientology uh, Travolta episode, where he's like, oh my god, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's how john travolta sounds guys yeah. as you know i cannot do a ralph macchio the closest thing i can do is john travolta it's just uh, it, uh, it's just new it's a hey ma i'm gonna do we're doing karate ma hey ma like it's just like uh, it's that wasn't very good andy even you, being honest with you terrible. i'm sorry andy, andy <laughs> why don't you bring up why don't you bring up one of your cool little overlays and put your mouth through someone else's mouth and we'll talk for a while hey, ma, it, we're doing karate ma it's just it's just new jersey you know it's just that i, hey. I mean i mean Tim, how much more of this are you going to let me do before we say let's move on? 
<laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> let's go. It turns out Daniel uh, is building a – he's not just building a, a structure. He's building a guest room, uh, and he's building it for himself because Mr. Malgay has reached out to Daniel's mom and asked if he can stay with him for the summer, um, So, which is, I think, very endearing. He's like, you've been yeah, I building love that, that for yourself. And he's like, shit, man, I would have fucking focused a lot more because Kevin, if I knew I was building my own room, I would have been like, I'll put one or two more nails in that motherfucker yeah. before it falls down. Uh, but also, do you know how hard it is to actually put one strike nail with a hammer? It's real Pretty tough. tough. No, I the use fact screws. that he does that, whoo, I mean, he's going next level karate. He's ready for Japan. Of course. Uh, but Tim, their plans for a cruel summer are interrupted when Miyagi Ooh, gets a letter from Okinawa saying that his father is sick. Uh, just FYI, guys, if my father is ever sick, please pick up the phone. It's 1980s. Do not send me a fucking letter from the small village and hope to God it gets to me before my father dies. Nick, did that you see a phone in the village? Years. No, you didn't. There was probably Again. one on the army base two inches away, but not <laughs> in the actual village. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, the next door, the next day they go to get a passport. Miss Miyagi tells him why he left Okinawa in the first place. is because the love of his life married his best friend, uh, friend due to an arranged marriage. Uh, Miyagi went against the grain and told the whole village he was going to marry Yukie uh, anyway. But Saito uh, was like, he, he was like, you've dishonored me and I'm challenging you to fight to the death. Uh, but instead of beating his friend's ass, he left Okinawa forever. And he said, quote, never put passion before principle. Even if you win, you lose. Which now, as, really a, cool. as a point of reference, I would also like to point out that what we mentioned in the Karate Kid review that you can check out from last week, okay, was that. One of the most powerful scenes, and the scene that probably got Pat Morita an Oscar nomination, was his drunk on sake scene where he's crying about his wife and child who died in childbirth. Now, we're not supposed to believe that that was the woman that he left in Japan. It was another woman that he met in America like yeah. a year later that was in the love of his life. A lot of fish in the sea. Josh, a lot of fish in the sea. Okay. He's lived a long life, yeah. And let's be honest, Mr. Miyagi, balling out, dude. That, that pad of his, you walk into that, you're like, see myself staying here for the rest of my life uh of course uh on the oh, excuse me i missed that oh and also that also. fucking mailman wouldn't shut the goddamn shit up like oh, yeah, shut up like, mailman. that's a great house maybe i'll bring my wife back and miss yeah. is like hey motherfucker boundaries you're a mail yeah. guy yeah like, and you know also, where I live. that's creepy yeah get out of here <laughs> so he tells him uh, he tells him that lesson about principle and then he says also Saito's probably pissed off at me so bring your headband homie because we're going to Japan uh, of course Daniel surprises him the next day at the airport uh, with a plane ticket and he's like hey Mr. Miyagi who needs college when we can go potty in Okinawa it's great <laughs> Mr. Miyagi and he's like wait a minute you didn't show up at my house this morning and you broke my heart and then you showed up here as a surprise which I get but instead of going to my house you went to the fucking bookstore and you bought a book on Okinawa why don't you just I don't understand it. Anyway, he says, yeah, I'd be fine. He was probably getting well, a passport. If you guys notice, a really great part in uh, mess up and continuity is that when Miyagi leaves in the cab, Daniel's son's apartment that he was building is no longer in front of the house. <laughs> was it in front Fair of the house enough. or that was behind the house? No, the, the mailman comes to the front of the house and he was building it on like that green part of the house. Gone. Uh, of course, Did on you the see plane, that? Little... Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, Kev. You can, I, you can I thought it was in the back of the house. Which okay. was weird. The mailman was coming to the back of the house. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I, that's, but that's also why I thought the mailman was like, this fucking place is pretty cool. I needed you to sign this. So I walked around. Kevin, I expected them to like walk inside and talk about this more. And the mailman to be in the kitchen. Like, hey, it's a nice kitchen. Like, hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here, man. Do you think there's a whole other movie where I was the about mailman to say realizes that. they went to Japan and he just stays in the house? <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, how long are you guys going to be in Japan, by the way? <laughs> Freddy's dad. Because, by the way, I read the letter. It sounds bad. I'm sorry for your dad. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, hey Andy, I don't know if you know this, though, that uh, the actor who played Freddy Fernandez was the original choice for the mailman, <laughs> but they didn't use him. Freddy's gone to have a very good career with the United States Postal Service. Uh, Daniel asks, he's like, I can't find this village. All I see is his military base. And you know, he's like, dude, I'm just trying to fucking sleep. And then Daniel yeah. asks him, hey, how come, uh, how come your dad uh taught uh saito your or sato your uh your family karate and he was like well we were homies back in the day and i asked my dad to make an exception uh and he's like but now we have to fight to the death uh they get to the airport and the first thing they see they get out and there's just a poster of sato breaking a fucking tree in half yeah. and i think to myself what does this guy do for a living because i thought he was in real estate but apparently he also runs a very successful uh chain of karate dojos totally. that are historic or like very popular in okinawa uh, they get outside, and of course, they're they're met by chosen uh, Taguchi with and the rest of his buddies. And we're like, "Oh, this guy seems like a pretty cool guy," until he just for no reason gives Daniel the real long flex heart like handshake that Andy was talking about earlier. And I'd be like, "Bro, I brought my fucking headband. We can bang this out right now." Right are you guys, now. Are any of you guys in here Catholic? Besides, yeah, I know Garpino probably is. Okay, yeah. So you know when you'd go to church, like you guys have brothers. When you went to church and did the sign of the peace, yeah, yeah you always peace. gave your brother like the chosen. Oh, death dude, grip. it was like, yeah, let's yeah. go. It was a test of strength for sure. Every single yeah. time, every time, uh, and I lost every, every time. time until I hit sixteen and I got bigger than my brother. Uh, yeah. They, of course, chosen and his gangs bring Miyagi and Daniel to uh, to Sato uh, instead of taking him to the village. And it turns out, uh, chosen uh, is is the nephew. And then Sato is just straight gangster, man. Comes out in that Armani suit with those big-ass glasses like he's straight out of Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering if he's still holding a grudge, motherfucker, he is. He says, you see your father, then you see me. And it's scary. And then and Daniel's like, hey, Mr. Miyagi, what are we going to do? And he goes, <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to look for a taxi. <laughs> I was like, good job, man. All okay. of this, all of, yeah, like just this whole lead up and then including meeting the meeting the brother, I'm immediately just hit with, oh, this is a bad sequel right here. Like this is just, we are in bad sequel territory because they're throwing shit at us that I just wasn't expecting. And luckily so it never, it never stayed that bad. But when the movie is throwing this shit at you when none of the rest of the, I guess part one, I, well, I want to say none of the rest of the franchise has really been about this sort of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, Oh, this is like, we don't know what to do. So we're just writing a sequel to write a sequel. That's yeah, what I, I immediately Andy, hit with. I can, I can and, see how you would see that. I do think the movie has a lot of redeemable qualities that, that take oh, it for from sure. being bad. But yeah, this is one of those where I'm like, wow, okay, well we're setting the stakes really high here. A death match. Fuck I guess yeah. that's what you gotta do. I was so um, in. I I me, thought on their drive over when he's explaining, um, like, well, you don't. My dad only like taught me this, or like people in his family the fighting thing. And I was like, oh shit, is the dude his brother? And he just neglected to say that. And they're like, oh no no no, I made it, he made an exception. I was like, all right. And then uh, to find out that he had the school, I was like, this motherfucker went and taught other people his technique. Not cool. Yeah. Yeah. What, oh, yeah what, when I guess like it. You know, with, with part one, everything felt like very, I, I, I guess I'll explain this in MCU terms. In part one felt friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And then part two, when they're on the way and then Miyagi's like, why are we going north? We're supposed to be going south. And they're like, things are different now, old man. I'm like, what the fuck is going Not on? Everything. Right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. 
Uh, of course, they get to the village, and Daniel is like, hey, I told you, man, the village is not here. And when they get there, they, they encounter what he says is a military base, which actually just looks like a basketball court that's been converted to a military base with a helicopter. <laughs> with a helicopter. And nobody seems to know where Tommy Village is, despite literally you can look through the fence and see the fucking village right there. It's like right there, guys. You I can literally that. drive around out. the backside of a helicopter pad, and the whole village is just looking at them like, we're, we're Timmy Village. Yeah, it's so, not hard, guys. There's a us. weird, weird fact for you guys about this. There wasn't a helicopter pad when they were first talking about this, when they, they wrote the script and stuff. That was added to the movie of just having a helicopter. It was added because a producer, Jerry Weintraub, of, the, of this movie, knew George H.W. Bush, then cool. the vice president of the United States, and invited him to the set. The production built a helicopter pad at the last minute for his Blackhawk. That's Whoa. No so dope. That's what, dope. For Marines, too? Taxpayers, baby. Taxpayers, baby. <laughs> no, that was done by the production. I mean, taxpayer for, play, paid for the Marine, too. To oh, fly they got there. a rebate there somewhere, man. Oh, either that or they were like this. If we invite him, we can film it, and that'll be the helicopter. And we won't have to <laughs> yeah. And then the, the director said later that while Bush was a very nice guy, he certainly never voted for him and his policies in 1988 <laughs> or 1992. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good distinction to make, guys. Uh, of course, when they, find, when they finally arrive in the village, they're greeted by Kumiko uh, and shown to where uh, Yukie is tending to his father on his deathbed. Uh, Yuki tells him she's known where he was. He was like, how, how did you know where I was? She says, well, I've known where you are for a long time. And he said, well, why did you never write to me? She says, out of respect for your silence. And then he's like, well, your husband's kind of a dick. And she goes, oh, I never married. Uh, and it's very, very touching scene. And if you make fun of it, I'll have Kevin chop you down like Saito chopped down those trees in that fucking airport poster. <laughs> Kevin, please dole out street justice as you see fit for the rest of this podcast. Street Thank justice. You. That's right. Uh, the next day, Miyagi uh, shows Daniel around his family dojo and tells him the secret of his family karate, uh, which is in the drum toy. And also there's two rules. Uh, rule number one, everyone, karate is for defense only. Rule number two, first learn rule number one. Rule number Whoa. three, Josh, the blue otter pop is always me. the best otter pop. <laughs> they roll around town and Miyagi tells Daniel that Sato uh, owns pretty much everything. And he's like the villain. He, this is where we get a lot of setup of like Sato just, just owns everything. He owns the, the castle. He owns this. He owns all the land. The village is just renting this land from him. Uh, he's like the landlord. Uh, Sato then, is basically what... Hans Gruber is looking for out of the Nakatomi Corporation. Is Sato is the Nakatomi Corporation of Okinawa at this point. Exactly. Right? He's driving around. Like, we don't even know. He's all, the only thing that he's actually threatened, because I guarantee you the casting choice of the mob boss, who was also the mob boss in every single Japanese game that ever came out on Nintendo, from Double Dragon all the way up to like Grand Theft Auto Chinatown, right? Was that guy, was Sato. Okay, you mentioned Lethal Weapon 2. We could definitely go Rush Hour. They're all just angry like that dude. He never threw a punch. He only threatened the punch because I guarantee you that guy does not know karate. <laughs> well, here's, here's uh, the thing. Chosen is the only person, and this is semi-future spoilers, but I think it's okay. In the entire franchise, he's the only person to get a strike on Miyagi. Really? And it's with That's a spear. Cool. Boom. Yeah, but, That's why you have but to take still, it down. But still. Wow. That's cool as ice. Uh, of course, hey, man, uh, hey, God can bleed, dude. It's if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. Uh, as as they uh, roll through town, of course, Sato rolls up one more time and issues a challenge, and he's like, "You you're gonna fight me right here and like right right now." And Miyagi's like, "No, I'm not gonna fight you." So Sato's like, "Fine," and he squares off with him. With I have to imagine, Josh is a fucking death strike. He yeah. just goes, <sighs> and he's about to just punch through Miyagi's chest. Uh, but then, of course, they're interrupted with news that uh, Miyagi's father is dying. They're yeah. both brought there. They're both summoned by Yuki to to go. 
and be with the father who tries to unite their hands and mend that uh, that old wound. Uh, but Sato is not hearing about it. He's like, your father's dead. I'm going to give you three days to mourn. I don't know how he came up with three, but that is the number. Possibly the writers were like, we can develop a story in this time. And then <laughs> I'm fucking coming back for your head. At dawn, on the, da- on the third yeah. day, lock est. It was, uh, wasn't it at midnight? It was at midnight, right? It was. Which, which yeah. is even cooler. Yeah. Which is even cooler. Like, on uh, midnight, you doucher. It's, which is, the, which is really nice, because he gets the full 24 hours of the day, you know? Of course. Yeah. And then yeah. some, probably. Uh, Kevin, also, I, just, I have a note here. Can we look up if it's legal to challenge someone to fight to the death in Japan still? Because if so, Andy, up all countries Japan. where we can do that. Listen. There's, Nick, there's a part where... Um, they were about to walk into the house and Miyagi goes, take off your shoes. And I immediately thought of you. <laughs> take off your shoe, lie on your back. And we're going to Japan. It's legal to kill each other there. Uh, Daniel consoles Miyagi by sharing a very touching story of his father's death. Uh, and then the next day they head to Which the again, remember we brought it up in the first one. We're like, what happened to his dad? His dad's not a deadbeat. His dad actually died. Something that could have been brought to our attention in the first movie. Didn't Sorry. Yeah, because Miyagi is a perfect father figure. And that I was like uh, him as my dad. Very touching scene, man. Very, very, very touching. And do you know what's funny? Is as I'm watching that scene, I thought to myself, you know who's really going to enjoy this acting? Andy Cortez. My gosh. Like the the teary-eyed, the teary-eyed Makuga with Miyagi sitting there and trying to hold back tears because he wants to. I mean, it's like, it's the typical, you know, I am the the father figure and you see the father father figure crying and you're not used to that. And that shit hurt. That shit hurt, man. I was like, I was tearing up with Miyagi too. Great job. Yeah. Uh, the next day they head to the cannery uh, to do a little bit more training and learn the most important lesson of all. The best way to avoid a punch is not to be there. Enter the drum technique, which you can only learn by apparently avoiding giant swinging spikes on ropes. There's no other way to learn this, Tim. So if you want to learn karate, we got to go out to the docks and start throwing Nick, spikes at each other. Tim, Tim already knows this. I don't even need to tell him this. Nick, Kevin. Andy knows they know this. You need to be reminded. You when you need to learn something, you are thrown into the fire. What is the fire? It's a large swinging hook off an old retired cannery in a fishing village that just does gardening now. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, of course, Daniel's like, I want to try it. So Miss Miyagi puts a giant cork on it, and uh, it ends up with Aunt Daniel uh, wussing out and jumping into the water instead of trying to avoid it. Uh, he tries it one more time, and it rips a you know a hole. He tries it with a real spike this time, and it rips his shirt. Uh, when he asks Mr. Miyagi, he was like, hey, man, is there a counterpunch to this technique? Mr. No, he, no, 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 Nick, you said that wrong. What hey, a, Mr. Miyagi, oh, is there a counterpunch? He's like, oh, my gosh, golly gee, Mr. Miyagi, the shirt's ripped. And Miyagi's like, yeah, that same thing happened to me, man. He goes, no, but you don't understand. I only brought two shirts. I don't get the other shirt from. And then he goes, hey, Mr. Miyagi, is there like a counter strike or some sort of other strike in this technique? And Miyagi's like, why don't you ask the drum? And he's like, because I'm asking you, Mr. Miyagi. The drum's not going to talk back to me. I don't know. It's an inanimate object. It's a kid's toy, Mr. Miyagi. Three weeks, five weeks. I don't know how many weeks. He's mixing up Miyagi and Miyagi quite a bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he'll get it right eventually. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was cool. It was like, ask the drum. Of course, this is a Counter-Strike, bro. There's always a Counter-Strike. Daniel helps uh, Ichiro with some vegetables and in doing so exposes fraud on what I have to imagine is a mass level, uh, which is chosen off. But again, 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 I don't purport to know a lot about the Japanese culture. But I do know that if you're defrauding people in a small village with fake weights, that is not honorable, I think. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that would be dishonorable to the point you have to leave. Is that Chosen is clearly starting... His career towards Yakuza. 
Sure. Okay. And They're frauding the American. people. Yakuza run the government. Yakuza run everything. They're like the QAnon of Japan. Okay. And they got their hands and everything. They're, they're frauding people out of vegetables. Yakuza. Chosen. Yakuza. Boom. Yeah. Forget everything uh, you know. Yeah. It's true. We get later that night. We get another touching scene between Yukie and Miyagi, who are falling back in love. And she tells him uh, his father thought what he did was right. Uh, he said, you, "Your father thought it was right that you left." And Miyagi adds, "Except for one thing, I should have taken you with me." And it's very, very touching. Uh, Kumiko spots Daniel uh, playing with his drum like he's fucking high on Molly. So she shows him <laughs> the Oban dance. So he'll stop making a fool out of himself in front of all the local kids. Who who those have- local kids are adorable. At this point, 100% started making fun of him behind his back. At this point, this guy is just like the dumb shit American who doesn't Fucking guy Jin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chosen finds them again and interrupts with his buddies and kicks Why Daniel so hard Why is he always the there? He's just everywhere, dude. <laughs> he kicks Daniel so hard in the stomach, his kids feel it. No future spoilers. <laughs> when, they, uh, when they get back, uh, they spot UK and Miyagi doing a tea ceremony, which means they're, of course, falling back in love. Andy, let's drink some tea. Let's go. Let's mend fences. Uh, then Kumiko takes Daniel sightseeing so they can listen to the greatest power ballad ever made, Peter Cetera's Glory of Love. And I want to tell you guys, they wrote the song. They were like, this needs to be just a whole scene. And they have the instrumental part, and it just keeps playing. And as they're walking around, she, she shows him the castle. Castle. And it says, legend has it. She says, legend, this is the castle of Shohashi. They used to do the Oban dance there, but of course, Sato owns it now, and he's selling it off piece by piece. So we have to do it in the village. And she says, legend has it. If you race up to the castle and win, your wish will come true. And I say, no need for that, Kumiko, because the second she says that and they start running, like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. And I'm like, Peter Cetera already made my wish come true because he made the best fucking song ever. And what this a, music cue What a god-awful line. Like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. <laughs> like, on, all man. right, cool. Good job. Great. Okay, what do you want? What do you want, Kevin? Well, Mr. Yacht, what do you want? Like a knight in shining armor from two years ago? It's just, it's so funny because for years you've been singing it and I've never listened to it before. What yeah, you, like, I know, I know the Kevin. tone. Kevin, I know what you like, mean, Kevin. Kevin. He is clearly the knight in shining armor from no, a I, long I time get all, ago. I get all yeah. the good actually, I, would, I would actually say Miyagi is probably uh, all about that. And I would actually say this song is more about Miyagi than any, anything else because this is mostly Miyagi's story. I, sort of I love. I appreciated that. It's very good, yeah. It's about, it I is see. about love and it's about the glory of love. And it's about the fact that he stayed in love with this person for so long. And it after 40 years, came back and is there and it's kind of the savior of their relationship i expect that in the future i expect that in the future whenever we have um disagreements company wise when there Mm -hmm. are plans going wrong and if tim or greg want us to do something and nick doesn't want to do it and we go nick you have to do this he goes oh what do you mean miss miyagi i mean i'm just trying like i expect nick to go like for that to be his defense mechanism (laughs) i'm gonna be honest daniel larusso impression might be my favorite thing he's done in 2020 like it it brings me pure joy (laughs) not to beat a dead (laughs) dual-sided drum here but let's just say you were in the recording studio the day that oh, Satara first you. laid that track down, okay? And he said, like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. The guy stops the recording right there. He's like, hold on, Pete. Are you trying to tell me? Are you? Are you? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even. All right. Don't even ask. Going. 
Slow well, yeah. According to Kevin, the line would be better if it was like a knight in shining armor from four days ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. From 1984. Come on, man. Come on, man. He missed the When the knights were around, was it cool? And he's like, get off my fucking podium. Let's Nick, keep on with the story. I, I don't think Kevin's issue with the lyric is the place and time of which the knight was placed. <laughs> it's just a stupid <laughs> line. I don't think his issue is the setting. <laughs> you don't think it's the imagery behind the line? <laughs> I'm oh, gonna get God, I'm gonna get Kevin a, a poster of just a knight in shining armor, and then it, on the bottom it's just gonna say from a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you better so hang good. it. Oh man, Josh, someone right now is photoshopping Kevin's face onto that poster, and it's yep. and they're making it. Let's go, Ben. Please be excited. Totally. Get your shit yeah. together. Uh, Kumiko, of course, tells Daniel her dream in life as they go around town again, again exploring this cool little town. Uh, the downtown area is to be a dancer uh, and then uh, the guy who perfected cloning in uh, Jurassic Park uh, invites them to a dance of course shout out to BD Wong who's fucking awesome oh, yeah. uh, and then of course Daniel spots Sato's gym is like yo I gotta oh, hold on a sec let me drop by the gym for a second gotta look in uh, and he looks in and Chosen is just fucking murdering three of his students <laughs> and at this point I'd be like I, I should just leave Japan <laughs> like I gotta go did uh, you guys notice that every student was just a white dude were they well, yeah, oh, the, I mean, well, he mentioned it, that. Or so, she mentioned that they are there learning abroad or whatever. Because they're GIs. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. That's, that's one thing they don't, they don't say a lot of. And I didn't, I didn't realize until I looked up, because I was trying to find the actor's name who played, um, who's, there's a bunch yep. of GIs that were like bit actors, but then they went on to do cool stuff. One of which is Clarence Gillier Jr., who was the guy that played Theo in Die Hard. They're all called GIs. So apparently this, the base is where they, you know, this is where they all, all those guys park. Got it, got I digress. Uh, of course, Daniel uh, looks over and sees another cool bar, which apparently is the place, Kevin, that you go if you want to break and ruin all of the fucking bones in your hand. Because this bar is, you it's get one drunk, of those bars you where see you see how many <laughs> blocks of ice you can punch yeah, through. Yeah, well, people are making bets. You know, they, they run out of oh, things yeah. and like, what, is, what do bars have? They have ice, right? Oh, yeah. do have ice. So it's just oh, yeah. what they have on hand. It, this, this makes perfect sense to me. Also, yeah. PW yeah. Unlimited in the chat says they found the karate shop. <laughs> they did find the karate shop. Thank you for not letting that slip you know, and go by, you assholes. In all the bars I've worked at, too, in my life, is we always carry sheets of ice as Just opposed to ice. cubes. Well, you know what's funny, though? I thought it's a, that's that, very right? a hipster I, I, thing now, right? Because oh, yeah, Josh, they're easy to roll up. They're easy to roll up in store. Yeah, right, exactly. So what, but I, what I what I thought they were trying to do was say that this town was slightly stuck in that period uh, because they had that period mm -hmm. dance 50s, as well yeah. and a lot of the stuff. Because I think I think oh, they were trying to say this small village never really like it's having a hard time, you know, progressing like the rest of Japan. So they have sure. these like you know he goes, hey, I got to go into town. There's one shop where it can like he makes mention. There's like one little shop that can that sells this one component that's gonna you know all that stuff. Anyway. Not great, but I think that was the whole point of having the ice blocks there, because they were like, "Oh, we're we're in the '50s still." Uh, of course, he's talking. Ice Daniel, blocks big in the '50s, guys. Zero. Ice blocks. When I zero. think of the '50s, well, I were right because they, they only had they didn't have ice makers in like the '40s and '50s. You had to get giant blocks of ice and you'd have to chip them out yourself. That's where ice picks come from, and that's why when I watch that scene in Basic Instinct, it's even hotter. Um, of course, Daniel not monitoring the volume of his voice at all. Just talking shit about the guy standing two feet away from me. He's like, oh, he's not. Hey, this guy doesn't understand. You got to use your hip. You got to put your hip into it. Hey, and you back. And the guy's like, you fucking think you're so good, dude? Why don't you try this? And then, of course, Chosen materializes out of thin air. Always. Goes, no, I'll, he's going to do this. I got $600 on him. And he's like, dude, I fucking paid my whole college tuition to come here. I don't have $600. 
And of course, Miyagi's like, well, I got 600 bucks. What are the odds on him? And Chosen's like, it's three to one. And Kevin, if my math is correct, that means that Daniel stands to win $100,000. And so <laughs> Bato comes in and is like, I'll stake you. The stakes are high. And then he goes, no, you're not going to uh, crush three blocks of ice, Josh. You're going to crush. You're a fucking, you won the all Valley. We know who you are, Daniel Rosa. You won the all Valley championship <laughs> back in Reseda, California. You're coming here. You got to do six blocks of ice Hell yeah. Yeah. sato and chosen like sato's showing I love up this scene so for much. this scene awesome. um is again like we talk about like chosen showing up all the time is really over the top and ridiculous but the fact that sato also shows up here and then miyagi shows up it really does remind me of one of my favorite episodes of south park where they are at a snowboarding lodge and they're just there visiting and the guy who like the cool guy of the snowboarding town is like oh yeah stan uh he calls stan marsh stan darsh or something he's like oh darsh wants to race down the hill and and stan marsh is like no i don't i don't really i don't even know you why do i want to race it he's like oh it looks like someone's a chicken and like all these like he becomes like the bully and like super over the top that's what these guys remind me of they just show up and make conflict because they're bored or something (laughs) Andy, on the street Andy, revenge of breaks of ice. <laughs> yeah, revenge is a bigger deal here. They explain that very thoroughly. It's true. Also, I they're know. in the heart I'm of downtown. Gun. Everyone's around. Like this, but it's interesting. The you, bar, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the bar where you get revenge. Kevin's one hundred percent right. This you is the, yeah, this, yeah. You, you, you just, drink snake venom so, and you get revenge. Like they were I got probably my, already, my, I got my part to fix the, the refrigerator. Better stop by the local bar to see if they're still breaking ice. Oh, Daniel, son. Oh, Chosen. Oh, Sato. Wow. <laughs> the gang's all here. Gang's uh, all Mr. Miyagi here. coming in and putting the money on LaRusso, it was the fucking coolest thing. So yeah. cool. So, all of it is also, so dumb. the girl it, goes it, to get Mr. Miyagi. a perfect example of this movie. The girl goes uh, to get Mr. Miyagi. She's like, they, remember they figure yeah, out, she oh, she's like, like, oh, clothes. that store is right next door. Yeah. Uh, of course, Daniel's like, hey, Mr. Miyagi, I don't know if I can break one sheet of ice, let alone 17 sheets of ice. And Miyagi's like, hey, remember that lesson we talked about back in Reseda about focusing? That's where this comes into play now. And Daniel was like, cool, I got this. Takes the position, breathes in, meditates, and then demolishes all six blocks of ice with like a nice like blade hand chop, just boss. And they just explode too. And I love that effect. Yeah, like, Jamie Lannister hey, blade hand. Bah, done and then and then he's like man mr miyagi what are you gonna spend all your money on and he's like well i'm gonna take a little bit of money for myself because mr miyagi's gotta have yeah, some fun, fun later yeah. yeah and then the rest of, you're gonna spend the rest of that money on your college tuition and i'm like hey. fuck yeah, dude fuck yeah hey um let's see all <laughs> important character moment here too chosen's like we don't honor bets with cowards and then saito's like no give him the money like he did it hey, don't embarrass me that was cool. don't embarrass hey, chosen, me yeah. quit making up rules you jag wagon <laughs> uh let's see the next day chosen shows up uh to take miyagi once again to the fight but miyagi says nope i'm not going so they ruin his garden uh he goes to visit sato to make peace but sato would literally rather punch wood uh, and break his hand than uh than than concede to his friendship with miyagi uh later they go God, to wait, a hold on we, we have dance. that moment too where miyagi's like is this the same wood from the beach and it's like <laughs> oh it means so much but also miyagi being like huh, you couldn't break this huh <laughs> yeah. but no yeah. but also just like a good little uh foreshadowing right like yeah. maybe there will oh, be a chop- maybe we'll be chopping wood later at the, the beach the, you know right yeah it's just it's so but, what, but it's more they're going that he breaks the wood thus severing that tie that that, that sato has to that grudge and breaking that's it open or yeah. 
the fact that Sato's entire dojo is built on a pyramid scheme of tree breaking when he yeah. really can't break any wood he at can't all. Can't break a tree, bro. Chosen to break some shit off though. Uh, they go to uh, I, I, I assume Kevin. I said it was fifties. I assume this was like a fifties inspired dance, right? I don't know. Why it I looked like it. it. That's like what one. I thought too. Yeah. There was, was a, a lot of, of swing Elvis. dancing. Elvis yeah, all over so the place. Yeah, so they're doing that. Uh, and like and not then, fat then, Elvis, young Elvis. No, oh, good yeah. Elvis. Yeah, yeah, that was Elvis was fun. Not Peter uh, Butter course, loving uh, sandwich Elvis. Kumiko uh, asks Daniel if he'd like to dance, and Daniel goes, would I? Gee, Willikas, I love dancing. And she goes, wow, you're a really good dancer. Where did you learn to dance? And if anyone ever asks you that question, boys and girls out there, and your mom taught you to dance, just say, my mom taught me to dance. Do not respond with, I used to be my mom's dance partner for years. <laughs> just it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. Is it weird? <laughs> don't say that to people. Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird. The real answer, and Nick knows this, and I'm sure Andy does as well, maybe Tim, probably not Kevin, but when you when somebody asks, where did you learn how to dance? You say, I learned from Save the Last Dance, starring Julia Child. Come on. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. That point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Of course, Chosen, once again, just comes in, just like, there's apparently there's only four places in this town, so when we want to go looking for trouble, we just go to all four of them until we find LaRusso, uh, and interrupts them, and they just beat his ass and Wait, take first, his money. First off, did you Another say Julia dance. Child? Did you say Julia Child at first? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. He meant Julia Child. Yeah. I was oh, like, Julia Child Styles. I'm sorry. Uh, of course, Joseph comes in, uh, but then Dangle remembers another important lesson that Miyagi taught him is that when you're on your knees, the best place to get up from your knees is by socking Hit someone in straight balls. in the nutsack. Yeah. So, man, he hits him so hard that I actually felt Not at this sure. time. And then they run out uh, off into the night. Uh, Sato shows up again to challenge Miyagi, this time with a spear. But when they realize he's not there, they rip up the family dojo instead. Uh, and then, of course, Psycho bounces. And, uh, and uh, uh, Miyagi, or excuse me, Daniel finds them. And he's like, man, uh, you guys got to stop. And they're like, now we're going to kick your ass instead. Uh, and so they start kicking his ass. But then Miyagi returns and just starts punching them all the ball sack. Everyone, you and get a ball sack punch. And you get a ball sack punch. <laughs> Andy real quick, kind of real quick, that that the obviously the ball sack, the first ball sack punch, yeah, um, is referencing when Miyagi was fucking around and joking around with Daniel's son. But like when Miyagi did that, it felt really out of character. And so Daniel's son doing it to Chosen, I'm like, we didn't need the Miyagi no, scene to show the- us that Daniel's son knows how to punch somebody in the nuts, like. He could have just done it, and I would have been like, "Oh but, yeah, good defense," because okay your girlfriend's being choked, and they're threatening to kidnap your girlfriend. Yeah. Like they yeah. said, we're gonna take her with us. Yeah. So like, you're in, if you're in that down position, go ahead and punch him in the nuts. I don't need a scene. You don't need 40 a minutes pr- I, don't, I don't need to see forty minutes prior showing like, oh, this is from earlier when when uh, Miyagi showed him how to sh- punch people in the nuts. Like but, I didn't need that. Andy, <laughs> the the nut punching is a big Miyagi-san move. Like he did it yeah. multiple times. Like in the the recap they show of the last movie, they show the fight scene where he jumps over the fence. His go-to move, nut punches both those guys, yeah. then nut, nut punches, punches another dude, punch. then nut punches a dude another guy. His go-to move is the, is the yeah, Dick's laughing. His Nick's no, 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 no. But what I'm what I'm saying is the initial like teaching of it was <laughs> the dropping of the fucking rag, and then. Yeah, Miyagi picking up the rag and then doing it, and that's the same. What I'm, I'm, sort what of, I'm saying is, it's, it's anal- a fundamental it's analog- move. I'm glad we it's saw. analogous. It's, it's analogous move. to him dropping the wallet and him going to pick it up, and like we didn't need the first teaching of it. Look, and we, we, when, we could be when fine we with learned that. that the blocking 
was the car wash thing. Like, you know, I like seeing where these things come from. The drum, like, I, it all makes sense. Now I know. Oh, you pick up the rag, hit him in the nuts. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing. And then what, for our next lesson, uh, Daniel-san, uh, is the car crash technique, all right? So what you do is you crash a car, and then that'll teach you to do something. Like, not everything has to be a, a, a lesson, you know? Okay, but, but Andy, look, we love the character development. We love Miyagi and uh, Daniel getting to know each other and stuff. When these punks started ripping up the dojo, what did that do to your heart? I Ooh. felt pissed. Like, yeah. And that's another one of those things, too, where I was like, I was like, this is definitely not considered honorable, an honorable behavior for anyone to do. Now, again, no, they're, what do they're I know not about honorable. honor? Annie? I no, I know, but like, but you would think that the whole point of this is like Sato, you believe, believes in this grudge. Sato was mad. He never heart. got married. Like, we didn't see Sato's kid because he never had one. He never moved forward in life she never moved forward in life weirdly uh miyagi he did that's but like what that doesn't matter but, it doesn't matter as much he, he definitely did and we're not going to talk about that because he has like you know he's got he's got a whole life in california and a cool house but it's one of those things where you're like you you they're they're trying to make you believe that nobody's reacting negatively to this stuff in this town because of a sato's stature which makes sense but also b that he he is right in in feeling dishonored but he does all of these horrible things because of that, which, by the way, destroying someone's house because of a grudge is way worse than, like, somebody trying to marry the woman that you that you loved because she didn't want to marry you. Does that make sense? Still under, still under yeah. murder. But that's Andy, what they want to do. Funny. You can I do really want to bring houses. up – You can't I, replace love, Nick. Great point, Josh. Sato I do really want to bring up this comment in chat from Parker PPH um, where Daniel asked Miyagi if he could ever break a log. And Miyagi said, I don't know. I never fought a tree. Yeah. And such I fucking love line. that. And it's, it's obviously like, you know, it's Genius we see line. the we see the log breaking at the end. But that was sort of like setting up that, you know, he's known for kind of being this celebrity karate guy that can break a log. But I just I love that line. And there's several lines of that. Uh, you know, is that an ancient is that an ancient story? No, it's a recent one. How, how recent? Ten minutes ago. Like I love that back and forth. They're so That's good. Great. Uh, there was also right before he breaks the ice, where he was like, well, "What are you gonna do? Pray?" <laughs> like that's no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next day, of course, Miyagi's like, "Yo, I gotta go. This is just ramping up, and it's gonna cause nothing but badness." So he has to say again goodbye to Yukie again, and it's really sad. Uh, Kumiko and Daniel have a very touching scene where he invites her to the states to go to dance school, and pretty much admits that he's just fallen madly in love with her, and then yeah. they're about to kiss. Uh, when a Sato bulldozer comes into town and starts uh, digging up everything. Uh, and uh, he was like, uh, basically, if you don't fight oh, me, cool. Miyagi, I'm going to just bulldoze this whole town. Uh, and Miyagi's like, fine, you win. I'll fight you under one condition. No matter who wins, the title to the land passes to the village forever. Which, and he goes, well, I don't know about that. That seems like a lot. And he goes, it's a small price to pay for your honor. And he goes, you know what? You're right. The fight is on here tonight, midnight. Be there or be squared. He's like, I'll fucking be there. Uh, and of course, seeing again, seems like threatening to destroy the livelihoods of an entire village of people to save your honor will accomplish com the complete opposite. But again, Tim, the only thing I know about honor is to blame you for everything that I don't want to take responsibility for. I totally so understand that. I might not be the right person to be talking on this subject. Uh, Miyagi gives Daniel his will and tells him that he's already won because no matter what happens, quote, the village is safe forever. Uh, Daniel heads over to Kumiko's place where he gets, uh, and when he gets there, she has prepared that same tea ceremony uh, that Miyagi and you, we saw Miyagi and Yukie do, which means that, you know, she, her feelings are being reciprocated for him and they're falling in love. And it's very, it's very high. touching. It's high, and, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and when they go to kiss, uh, they're interrupted by uh, by a, a weird lamp that the production designer decided to hang right in front of their faces, which if I were the director, I'd be like, we need to strike that because this is an imperfectly framed scene against the backdrop of this village, and our two main characters are finally about to kiss, and there's a fucking lamp hanging in front of them. But I digress. <laughs> That's me nitpicking again. I will move on. We're not going to have – Tim, we're not going to have another repeat of – the, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight debacle. Not Especially not during the Karate Kid Part Two. No, absolutely not. It. It's not worth. It's not worth it. It's not worth the heat, as they say. Uh, of course, no. The kid. The the. It gets interrupted by a gust of wind, and there is a massive uh, tornado happening outside. Or excuse me, what is a typhoon happening outside? Typhoon. Uh, as they're running around trying to find uh, a place to run into, or excuse me, a place to get out of the storm, they spot people in aid and help. Uh, and run out. They go out to help them. Uh, Miyagi spots a house where Sato was in, and he's like, Sato's in the house, and then it collapses around him. Uh, they run to help, and as they do, Chosen runs for his life, and he's like, dude, my uncle is dead. Every man for themselves. Get out of there. And Miyagi's like, he's not dead. We can see him right there when he's moving. Chosen's <laughs> like, I heard it both ways. He's fucking dead. Daniel's like, yo, Mr. Miyagi, should we go help him? I don't know. There's water everywhere. And then they go over, and what do they find? Of course, Sato is trapped under yet another plank of wood and andy what does he say he says master wayne what is the point of all those bloody push-ups if you can't even push a log off you and sato's like who are you talking to i'm sato and then uh this is uh, such this is such a dragon ball z vegeta moment where Mm -hmm. they walk up to go help him and he's like oh here's where you're coming to kick my ass now when i'm in this state so that's so unhonorable dishonorable of you and i love that i just Uh, like it's a good moment this this moment is like sato and the writers committing to sato being all about and only about being a villain like despite what's happening around him he is a villain no matter what and it's it's very much a uh um a a vegeta like even bakugo from uh my hero academia i was anime references but it's also like the moment where you like see him be like oh wait no i'm wrong like yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. So, it's so it's so perfect. But, like, it. but can you imagine Miyagi walking up and like, bam, bitch, <laughs> like piecing out, like you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> skull open with the hand and be like, I want you the deed. I get the girl. I get everything. It's great. I do enjoy uh, that when he when he chops it, he basically like breaks Sato's sternum by breaking the log. Yeah, in half. definitely. Yeah. No, Pretty have definitely. you seen the videos? You I put a watermelon man. on someone's chest, you break it without hurting them. Easy, yeah. no problem. Uh, Sorry, I have not watched awesome. enough of those, Kev. That's my bad. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as they run in, uh, Daniel looks out and he sees that the young girl who was tasked with climbing the ladder and ringing the bell to warn the entire uh, village is stuck up there. Time, uh, time out. out. Time out called by Josh. Everyone, time, time out. out. Okay. So Andy this girl Chris. has been warning the whole village that the storm is coming. She knows the storm is coming. Yeah. How has she not come down from the bell yet? Well, because she wanted to make sure she kept ringing the bell until everyone heard it was the last minute. And also, I, my theory, Josh, is that she was so busy thinking about how stupid Daniel looked dancing that she just lost all track of time. <laughs> I really feel like a solution would have been a longer string for the bell. Yeah. Or I also feel just like the bell an on adult the ground. up there and not a 10-year-old girl. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but they're that's littler fair. and better at climbing. Like, they that's climb that's well known. 
Less okay, paid. now we're starting to get into like child labor laws here. Kevin. <laughs> it's an emergency. She wasn't getting paid. I guarantee you. Oh, their hands are so little they can get the electronics into your calculator. You friggin' creep. Uh, of course, Sato orders Chosen to go out and help Daniel, but Chosen recedes into the background, proving that he is in fact a coward. coward yeah. uh, Daniel saves the day, but he can't quite get the girl back in uh, to the to, to safety. So Sato runs out. Miyagi is going to go first. And Sato goes, "No, let me go," which is good. And then just has zero trouble picking this girl up. Yeah. Daniel, let's lift the weight here when we get back to the States. That that uh, would be the thing that I learned about this. A 65-year-old, 70-year-old man just outlifted just you. Picked her up. I mean, she, we're talking about like a 50-pound girl here. Yeah. Daniel, come on. Come you can't on, lift Daniel, that shit. You're not going to win this fight to the death that Kevin's so hyped about at the end of this. Yeah. Um, and then he come, when he gets back in, man, <laughs> having learned – Nothing from the last 10 minutes of not creating grudges and holding them and creating enemies. <laughs> he looks at Chosen and he says, now you are dead to me. <laughs> Which is like, why? Why don't you just like, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. He left him for dead. Way. What do you mean? Fuck that. Chosen, he, he, dead to me. I, I totally get it. I mean, yeah, any of you assholes leave me it. for dead anywhere? I'll find you. I'm sorry. The, the correct quote, and I'm sure the chat is livid because I got this wrong. Is he says, "Now to you, I am dead," which means yeah, like I'm still alive. Cooler. But that's even cooler. That was just cool. an, yeah, a different way of saying the same thing. But also, is like, hey, with the you, the next generation of youths here in Japan, let's try and be better and not always challenge people to death fights based mm-hmm. solely on the love of an 18 year old girl who may or may not want you based off an arranged marriage. But instead, in front of the whole village. Inside a tiny bunker, including creepy mustache adult man who was clearly driving a cab. Uh, hey, listen, I know you were a little scared, chosen. Let's figure this out. I don't want to ruin the rest of your life. Turn you into an accused gangster because now the only person that he was a father figure to you is dead to you, man. Andy, do you, I have a question route. for you. Andy, do you think there's a deleted scene where after, like, right as that goes, and he's like, now to you, I am dead. Right before Coward runs out, the post, the guy comes back. He's like, this is a really nice bunker you guys have here is this can i bring my wife over here no 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 freddie definitely comes in and be like i don't got a dad (laughs) they're like shut up freddie we hated you in the first uh of course the next morning sato has son i came over with my family to okinawa can't believe you're here i found toomey village it was right next to the air base hey by by the way man you're out of milk uh back at your house and uh the paper so sorry about that oh uh, by the way ali dumped the dude from ucla so she's available if after this meeting you want to go back she's available uh sato arrives the next morning with a caravan of trucks to help rebuild the village and he gives um it's pretty cool he gives uh mr miyagi the deed to the village and says i've been a dickhead uh i i would like your forgiveness and miyagi of course man says uh replies nothing to forgive we all know he's lying. Dope. You've been a complete asshole for the last four days, and honestly, the last but three he's years. They're they're, but they're 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 cool again, you know. They're cool. They're cool. They're cool. See Miyagi being the better man, of course. Uh, Daniel asks Sato if he can uh, for a favor. He's like, "Yo, I never pushed my luck lately, but like since we're riding high on this, can we have the Oban dance in the castle uh, since the village has been destroyed? And also, it used to be in the castle, like traditionally, anyway. And of course, Sato is like, he graciously agrees under the condition uh, that Daniel dance with them uh, and that all the little kids be able to make fun of Daniel one last time for his enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next night, they do the Oban dance back where it belongs traditionally in the castle and i'm not gonna lie kev this shit looks fun this looks like a fun party that i would like to go to uh and then now uh, i thought that originally i thought that originally but then i was like every if it looks like everyone has to do this dance and some of them don't look like they're enjoying it 
They don't want to. And then uh, Bakumiko does an amazing solo that brings the house down. But also you have to imagine, Kevin, and I don't know if this is the way it's supposed to go or not, but this is how I read it, Andy, is that after all the dancing is done, there's a fight to the death. And that's cool. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that, that, that's always a closing ceremony sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah some two people have to fight each other. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Can you imagine? As, as, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the fight, the the other dude honks the dude's nose instead of murdering him. Yeah. Like I came yeah. for the murdering. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'd like my ticket money back, please. Yeah. I didn't Chosen learn the moon dance for no murders. <laughs> uh, Chosen, of course, uh, Radis Kumiko is uh, in her solo, bringing the house down. Chosen zip lines in, and then takes Kumiko hostage. Uh, Sato pleaded them to stop. And he's like, I was wrong. No more hate. I shouldn't have said that thing to you. That was my bad. And but Chosen's like, nope, it's too late. I've gone off the deep end. Uh, Daniel, of course, doesn't hesitate. He crosses the tiny bridge, separating him from the rest of the village. And then Chosen's like, now drop the bridge. And there's a moment, literally a moment in Daniel's face. And maybe I'm just reading too far into this, Tim, where he just looks at the bridge and he's like, really? Like, that's not going <laughs> to. Okay, I guess I'll do it, but it seems like a waste of energy. And then it's like this little tiny bridge that, again, Ralph Macchio, no disrespect, lift the fucking weight occasionally. He tries <laughs> to lift it. He can barely get it an inch off the ground and then just kind of like tumbles it over into the moat below. And we got to work on your strength training when you back to Reseda. Uh, Nick, um, Nick, really quick, I just want you to remind remind you that like uh, strength, mm-hmm. it's not right here, okay? It's in here. It's in here, okay? Mm-hmm. It's in here. Tim is in here. Said. Audio listeners, he pointed to his head. Yeah. Uh, they get it on. They start fighting, and Chosen easily just beats his ass and takes him down. Uh, Kumiko tries to intervene, but then Chosen, like an asshole, knocks her out. Uh, Daniel, and this, I when I was a kid, this blew my mind because he starts doing the crane technique, and I was like, oh, shit. End game, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he, and Chosen's like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit crane technique. <laughs> so cool. Just get, just makes but him like, look Clearly, he didn't do it right. Yeah, he didn't do it right, right? I have to imagine so. Um, I mean, Daniel's probably pretty frazzled because this is, of course, a fight to the death. The thing, this ain't just for a trophy at all Valley mm-hmm. Championship. This is like your life. Uh, it's life or death. Uh, and then I would I would have loved for like maybe that to have been saved for a moment where Larusso is really cocky and confident in his abilities, and he and Miyagi is kind of like, man, I don't really like what's happening, Larusso. You're getting like, you know, obviously he was signing all the autographs in the beginning, right? And like, I would have loved for this level of celebrity to go to his head. And then he tries the crane kick again to finish a dude off. And then, you know, he whiffs and he fucks it up. And then they're like, yeah, it's because you're not in the right head space. Yeah, you're all cocky now. But it was saved for like a better fighter. It was saved for this moment. And it was just like, oh, this guy's just kind of a better fighter, which yeah. kind of sucks because it's like, I, I don't there, know. There, there was really no reason for him that. not to do it right. Yeah. It made me question everything, Andy. Yeah. Uh, you don't of course, think that, seeing that other uh, they further developed out like, like because this school has been doing his father's fighting techniques, like they've developed a defense for it? Oh, that's for what sure. I was like, that's what I read was. is that it's the yeah. same karate. So he, so Chosen would have seen that. Like, I know the fucking crane technique. Get out but here. like, I feel like this, the secret drum technique was not taught to, to, uh, Chosen, anyone yeah. else yeah well, clearly it wasn't because that cannery hadn't been used in years and so of yeah. course miyagi uh seeing another option pulls his drum out i personally would have been like can you jump across the fucking moat and help me because i'm getting my ass beat but the entire <laughs> town soon follows suit and everyone's got their cool drum and when i was a kid i had one of these and i fucking loved it and i would just redo the scene over and over again and pretend like i was daniel russo uh Wait, and of but course he nick he wasn't he didn't have a drum so it's he was the no, one I would person be without... first, Kevin. Got it. Kevin, got I'd be Miss Miyagi first, and then I put it down, and I would run over to the other <laughs> side of the room, and I would be like, oh, oh, "Hey, Miss Miyagi, what's going on with that beat? Dope." 
Um, and then, <laughs> of course, Daniel gets the hint and he's like, I got to use the drum technique, which I really didn't learn very well, but I was kind of practicing for five minutes on that bridge and those kids are making fun of me. Yeah, so you all saw enough of it. Right now. <laughs> fucking get it. Uh, Chosen comes out it one more time and Daniel just lays a brutal, brutal salvo of blows on, on Chosen's face. A barrage, and just will, Nicholas, a barrage. A barrage. Uh, Chosen falls to his knees, defeated. Daniel asks him, live or die, man. Come on. And, and Chosen's like, die. And Daniel's like, oh, oh, wrong. And then goes, honk. Again, thus ensuring Can that imagine? Chosen will have a grudge against him for fucking ever. For forever. Him. Hey, yeah. this was one of those moments when he honked him. I was just like, this is so stupid. This is a callback that did not need to happen. Yet I was sitting there like. He embarrassed yeah. the shit out of me. I fucking no... love this movie. It fucking sucked. Oh, come it on, sucked. Andy. This is great. Although he lost his nose. There is, is the lack of violence is what this is all about. Defense is what I'll tell you, is I, I'll tell you why I I'll tell you why I'm sort of predisposed to not liking this moment. Because I didn't love the shoulder tap hey in Spider-Man uh Spider-Verse. Like that being the callback and the hey and shocking uh, to mm -hmm. end to win the final fight. I didn't love that either. And this is like markedly fucking astronomically worse, cosmically worse than that. And I, when that, when that moment happened, I was like, oh, man, this sucks, dude. And the movie ended with. You know, we didn't exactly get the Miyagi. Uh, no, he absolutely up. did. He got so. Of course, uh, Daniel runs to Kumiko's side, embraces her as Miyagi. Sort of nods like, "You did good this time. You did good." And at first, Andy, I was with you. I was like, well, "That was a good nod," but it wasn't a great nod. And this movie seems again to just completely just end. To, oh wait, what's that? What's that, Josh Makuka? <laughs> when you've oh, got wait. the greatest power ballad ever fucking made, do you just use it one time in a movie? Tim? This has been my biggest gripe of this movie this entire time. Is they still for every on, a, song. on a Miyagi wink smile like everybody's doing. It's like that, and they don't play Satara from the beginning through the credits. They don't do it. No, they do. It starts off with the power, the glory of love. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm alluding to. They play it. They play this. You're thinking the first <laughs> one. See, which I thought the first one ended with this song. This one ends, and they kick it up again, and they just play it from the beginning. And I'm all right with. Yeah, because it's the it's the wink leading into. Yeah. Yeah. Power Tonight, of love. It's, very, it's not Power of Love, which I say Whatever. all the time and I'm correcting. Which, again, Lord. another great song. Maybe second best power ballad ever made. Not really a power ballad. Well, that's not really a power ballad. It's that's, a song. that's a good 80s pop song. But, but you, I, here's the thing is both of these movies, and I don't understand what Adelson's thinking about, is why don't we have a sick post credit scene with that song? Like, why aren't we getting these post credit scenes of like Daniel Sun and, and Kumiko on the beach? Uh, you know, like walking, like, and, and, and then, and then, like, a Miyagi, like, kind of like watching them and being like, like, yeah, you know, just kind of like, in the, and maybe he's with his homegirl that he, yeah, with, with was supposed he, uh, to be, uh, yeah, uh, Yuki, seven yeah. syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review, haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like so many of you did, to write your reviews in haiku form. Liz Lawson says, let's head to Japan, where the boys fight for honor. The drum technique wins. Never underestimate the drum technique. Andy. Never. Never. Futon says, dude, don't honk my nose. I'd rather you just killed me. This <laughs> is so much worse. <laughs> and Blackjack says, crane kick defended. Chosen, never relented. Future, cemented. Blackjack, 
I again keep Very it up. Keep Very it up. You're, on a, you're on a good track, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say thank about you for all of our high cues, everybody. It, yeah, thank you all. Uh, now it's uh, time for Ragu Bagu, which will be Bagu. What's up, guys? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, aka Ragu Bagu. I'm Tim Gaze. We got Josh McCuga, Andy Cortez, Kevin Coelho, and soon to be Nick Scarpuno. Scarpuno. <laughs> Scarpuno. <laughs> Let's start calling him that. Oh. <laughs> Coming We're going around here to... with Scarpuno. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna okay. rank the bad guys in the karate kid Cobra Kai cinematic universe. Right now, at number one, we have Johnny Lawrence and Crease. Where do we put obviously chosen and Sato? Well, you have to put like 75% of Sato, right? Because then the third act, or like 85%, I guess, because then the third act, he's good, Sato. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That that, that happens quite a bit in these movies. Um, I would put the number two. Me too. I think it's an easy, easy answer there. Oh, I thought he'd be number one. Hmm. Really? I mean, Chosen does put a knife. To a girl's yeah. throat. And it's and to the death. The, yeah, and it's to the death. And he kicks the crap out of LaRusso. Well, I what mean, you need to order multiple like times. Okay stuff, but really well, and truly, it's chosen. Yeah, but Makuga, Ragu Bagu isn't about who's the most evil or who's the mm-hmm. most bad. It's just mm-hmm. the quality of villain, right? Mm-hmm. Motives, acting, moments. I chosen like just revenge. always shows, Chosen always shows up and he's pissed. That's just that's yeah. kind of all it is, Kevin. Okay. I do kind of agree with it's, you. I think well, Sato and the whole, re- I think Sato and the whole revenge angle, great. But I would have, I mean, obviously, I would have loved chosen to be more than one, just a one-dimensional. I'm pissed yeah, off. I'm gonna I, bully I you like every time I see you. He is more than one-dimensional, but those dimensions are like he's on his route to become like a gangster. Like he's literally defrauding, you know, the the little scale thing they got going on, and um, like I don't know if this helps. Because he's lost all his power, right? At the end of it, like, is he still down that path of becoming a gangster? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, look, he got. But like, he got, no one I, respects him, right? I think he's going to become a murderer now. You don't like, think he's just going to become an alcoholic, like just just chill, like like a, maybe a homeless oh, person? Yeah, it's not a good path. Let's put it this way: he didn't yeah. learn his lesson at the end, like yeah. Sato but, did. Anyways, I I feel like because the stakes are so high, because death was literally you know what was going to happen if he didn't win the fight i don't know i feel like uh, on both Guys, ends too miyagi chosen, too if chosen appears in cobra kai season three holy shit spoilers no i don't even want to know no i don't even want to know let's not say any stuff well, we haven't seen cobra kai season no but i know i'm saying yeah i don't want speculations no speculations no anything like that um yeah i don't even know if anyone comes back for i would still put them number two only because there's the tiny moment of uh crease telling johnny silverhand what's his name murder yep johnny lawrence there's that moment of him going sweep the leg and there's that tiny moment of him going Sensei, like for for real, I could beat this and, guy. Yeah, like I, I love that little moment of like you have a problem with that, Mister Lawrence. That's going a little too far, bro. And then no, you know, th- there's still that level of dimensionality to Johnny Lawrence that Chosen just completely lacks. But here's the you thing: know, I would, I, I would have loved, I would have loved a scene of, of, like, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid, but like uh, Magneto and Charles Xavier. I would have loved the scene of them just talking to each other 
and then not being this antagon antagonistic i'm gonna bully you until you fight thing you're such a coward it, again makuga said that they said the word coward at least 944 times in this oh, movie like did. it doesn't have to be that like uh, the, the, we can have we could slow it down and have some scenes of good dialogue but between Andy, he called him a coward so much because he was a coward yeah he was you think about that it's like how I call Kevin cool so much because I'm secretly cool. <laughs> and we're we're gonna move on with that <laughs> statement to end. So John, right Johnny Lawrence number one. He's number Johnny one. Johnny Lawrence increased number one. Chosen Sato number two. Now it's time to rank the Karate Kid cinematic universe. Currently number one is Karate Kid. Uh, I'm just gonna start it off. I feel like we obviously Karate Kid two is gonna go on a Karate Kid one, but I do want to make the argument that I think it's closer than most people would give it credit for. Because Karate Kid 1, as a standalone movie, obviously it's great. Sequels, it's, it's much harder for them to be good unless they're, like, dramatically better. And I think that this movie made the wise call of being different mm -hmm. and doing some wacky, crazy shit that works. Because if they just tried to have heart again, I don't think it would have worked. And I think that the, the Karate Kid Part 2 that we got, I am very thankful for because it set up such a beautiful future for this franchise. I guess the reason why I have been so down on it is because, again, going back to the Fast and Furious comparison, like we do with every franchise we review on here, I am so down for the ridiculousness of Fast and Furious because it's pretty much been that since day one. And so that's why when, you know, people are pulling bank vaults, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I love every second of it. But part one was just not not too ridiculous it was like still if we're talking about like substance and like kind of like just shitty action movie stuff it leaned more to the substance side of like Definitely. oh really good character development and really awesome moments between these people and so having part two kind of lean away from that and like you said tim you like it because it is they did go the more different route i it's hard for me to to be like fuck yeah to the ridiculous stuff when part one didn't have a whole lot of that whole ridiculous stuff. Part one had hype moments. Yeah, but I, I disagree with you. I think that it actually, part one, is fairly ridiculous. It's just in a different way where it's like, when we look at this All-Valley tournament and like how overproduced the whole thing is, like like even one had karate as life. This is just karate as life expanded. And I, I think that they chose the right things to expand on in the franchise. And it still had the, the right things also include character moments and characters that we enjoy and like. And Mr. Miyagi and Daniel are stronger after this. And I like them better as characters after this one than the first one, like which if, is like a sign of a good sequel. If in part one, Karate's life in that little fishing village makes a ton of sense. Like that dojo is pretty sick. It's real singular. He's only teaching one kind of thing. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't lean towards two as being the better movie, but I think it is a very, very worthy sequel. If in part one, it, it turned out that Kreese really had a hit on Miyagi because the, the fucking mafia was after him and there was some, some ridiculous element of storytelling in part one, then I would feel a lot more comfortable with part two being about this revenge. I'm going to kill you because of our father stuff. And I, so that's I do why feel I, like in part one, we had moments where it was like, like, Kreese is such a ridiculous character where it was like, Oh, like, are they about to fight? And I'm really happy that we got that in part two. Like, you know, the, but I, I think that I felt like the tone was ratcheted up too, especially with the, the little squad that, um, uh, Chosen. No, Lawrence had in, in part one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that, guy. like this, the squad of motorcycle kids that are just like, 
Like this kid is clearly being a piece of shit asshole, and everyone's just like, "It's fine, it's cool." Look, he ran over a thing. No one said anything. Like, not even her friends were like, "Hey, man, he ran over ran over your thing. That's really fucked." Everyone's just like moved on. The only person that said something was Danny. Son, he's not wrong. Anyway, yeah, number two for me. This is number, number two. two. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I would two. say it's not, I would say it's also number two. I mean, I'm with everyone else, right? I, I think I, I give them kudos, Tim, for doing something different. I really do watching this back as an adult like that they were like, Oh, let's let's take him out of that that environment we all know and throw him over in Japan and, and have him be a fish out of water there. But I just think that it's so it gets so absurd. Whereas like even watching this back, yeah, the original one, yeah, it had absurd elements, but I sort of under, understood why a kid who was bullied would stay silent about that um, and things like this. But at this point, I'd be like, there's no reason why you shouldn't go to the cops. <laughs> Someone call the yeah. FBI or whatever the equivalent <laughs> is in Japan and get him here because this guy's fucking doing horrible shit. Um, and it kind of takes away from the story of it. But I do think there are a lot of wonderfully endearing moments. And I think that Ralph Macchio and um, Tamla and Tamita have really great chemistry. The two of them. I think everyone. I think the cast is great, and I do like the redemption arc for Sato at the end yeah. as well. But I just don't think it's as solid a movie as the first Karate Kid. Okay, if we're if we're putting up movies with sequels, right? That rarely, rarely, rarely does a sequel live up to the hype of the first one, right? Like, there's always going to be somewhat of a sophomore slump. You're always going to pick it up. Like, you can look at Empire Strikes Back. Okay, you can look at Bad Boys Two. Okay, but there aren't many sequels that really sure, equal yeah. the first one especially with the hype machine that was the first karate kid now if you're looking at what a teen movie sequel would have done like in the 90s and early 2000s is the sequel would have been daniel larusso going to a national karate tournament right national and being, like losing out and then having to somehow right like mighty ducks 2 all of a sudden some youth hockey team from minnesota is our entire national team like it's not that's not how it works right right yeah. having him fight again in another tournament is just a terrible terrible idea and i'm glad they never did it again right next week we will return with the karate kid part three it's very very exciting stuff i can't or not even next week on thursday two days thursday. from now yeah two days from now. we're gonna be watching karate kid three ah Tim, hell you yes Tim, I, I sent you the up, description Kevin? for part three. Like, do you want to read it? It's just as a little teaser for Andy. No, it's that's future spoilers. Guys, it doesn't. It doesn't three. give any information other I'm than down. it's absurd. I'm, I am absolutely down for Tim to read this ridiculousness for me. <laughs> okay, because you know here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now I have like my brain is tuned to be like expect the most ridiculous shit. The most outlandish it's stuff. It's gonna get and I you think, still. It's gonna get you still. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm I'm going to read it only because this stuff is revealed within the first moments of the movie. Sure, yeah, fine, so I think fine. it's okay. It's gonna, it. it's gonna ruin it. Ostracized villain John Kreese attempts to gain revenge on Daniel and Miyagi with the help of a Vietnam War comrade, the wealthy owner of a toxic waste disposal business. Sick. <laughs> but that's a huge, that's a spoiler, guys. It is. It is. That's a really big spoiler. But okay. Is it a big spoiler? It's yeah, because at the beginning of the movie, you dead. <laughs> but all right. Love you guys. I'm in. We will return very soon.